Logan Paul took on the tribal chief, not DJ, Roman Reigns. In <clears throat> It was an action-packed event in Saudi Arabia. And CZ and Nick are here to give their reactions to all the happenings this week on Card Subject to Change. You can listen to all episodes of Card Subject to Change on the Four Frequencies Podcast Network, along with Educated Ignorance, The Data Lab, and other great podcast content. Now we head ringside with Nick and CZ. Mr. Bull, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great this afternoon. Uh, trying to recover from this weekend. It's been crazy, but uh, hey, I'm here. We're, we're here to talk about Crown Jewel. And uh, everything's going good. We're talking about wrestling. Yeah, and as we've said before, any day we're talking about wrestling is a good day. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm on the fence. Part of me is really excited to talk about some of the happenings of this pay-per-view. Kind of, part of me is kind of just like, well, that happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's a tough one to gauge because, listen, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get behind a show that's on at 11 o'clock on a Saturday here. Um, I didn't watch it until, to be honest with you, this morning, a day after with everything that was going on. Um, but I'm telling you, for this show, last year's Crown Jewel was an excellent show. There was no need to believe that this would be any different. It looked like a stacked card leading into it. And they definitely, uh, you know, they're showing how big of a show it is when Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar uh, were getting a hot fight! In the first match of the night, first match of the night, they're showing us, "Hey, we got a big card here. Let's go!" So we we start off with Bobby Lashley against 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 Brock Lesnar, a straight up wrestling match. And you know, it's it's kind of weird. You don't often see Brock Lesnar at the beginning of a match card. Uh, it happened at one WrestleMania that I can think of off the top of my head. I believe that was against our boy Seth Rollins. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it, it was. Yep. But but yeah, it's it's rare to see the uh, the former MMA fighter, uh, former WWE champion, starting a pay per view. But this was this was like you said, this was a Haas fight, and they didn't they didn't let us down. Uh, Bobby Lashley just comes out of the gates swinging. Yeah, Les- Lesnar's jumped outside, and, and Lashley attacks him. Um, Lesnar can barely stand. Lashley definitely has the upper hand. Lashley then goes to spear Lesnar through the retaining wall for you know what appears to be the 800th time in this angle. <laughs> I wish they would try something different, but it's still cool to see those two guys destroy something. Yeah. After doing I mean, so, uh, we get back into the ring. Another spear. Um, retaining wall. Both guys get back into the ring. And then we get another spear. And then Lesnar officially starts taking Lashley to what we know as Suplex City and starts throwing Lashley around. And Lesnar starts gaining the upper hand here after he had, you know, gotten his butt kicked the first few minutes. Yeah, and you know, that's that's to be expected. You you're looking at Lashley dominating the early part of this match against someone like Brock Lesnar. That's that's few and far between that you see Brock Lesnar manhandled early on that much, that drastically. <clears throat> but he comes back. Uh, Michael Cole speculates because he we they are playing up the knee injury after the toss into the steel steps right off the bat, whether he can support Lashley's weight for an F5. And lo and behold, he can because he hits one. 
shortly after three or four German suplexes. Uh, but it's not enough to put Bobby Lashley away. No, it's not. Lashley, uh, you know, still uh, has the upper hand. But in doing so, having the upper hand, he's still, you know, the, the you know, at every turn, the beast has one more trick of it. Lashley has worn down Lesnar to this point. He locks in uh, the hurt lock, the full Nelson. Yeah. And is wearing Lesnar down to the point Lesnar is about ready to pass out. I believe he told the ref to shut up. Or he got sick and tired of the ref asking if he had quit. Yeah. It's like, would yeah, you that, just shut up? That. I think yeah, I remember that. But I like I like the swerve here. He had one trick up this sleeve, Lesnar did. And what he does, he mustered up all of his strength, stood up in the full Nelson lock, and kicked out of the corner, falling on Lashley. Lashley still has the hurt lock locked in, but the ref counts uh, Lashley's shoulders. One, two, three. Lesnar no. won. Lesnar wins the match. But soon Here's- after the decision, Lashley pours it on. Oh, for sure. Before we get to the to that, though, here's the thing with the pin. I want to see a replay from the other angle. And here's why. This is my problem with the way this match ended. With the way that the hurt lock has to be locked into an opponent, you would think that Bobby Lashley's shoulders would not be fully square on the mat. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Maybe so, that's where they, maybe that's where they go with the next match with these guys. That'd be my guess because you know the hurt lock for for all intents and purposes it is a full Nelson lock. It's uh, has also been called the master lock by Chris Masters. You see it all the time, but with the way the arms are locked around the neck, if you're back on the mat still with that hold locked in, there's no way your shoulders are square on the mat. I'm sorry, I <clears throat> I just. I don't buy that that was a clean pinfall. Yeah, that might be the next angle. I did not rewind it and look. I was taking notes, but I guess I wasn't looking at the shoulders at the replay. Um, but that's a good point to bring up. Well, here's also, the thing. They- when they showed the replay, they were at the feet of both Lesnar and Lashley. So it's hard to get a really good look at the shoulders. Correct. And they Correct. did that on purpose, I am sure. Um. You're right about that, and then that's. I'm glad you brought that up, and uh, you know, listeners out there, let us know what you think out there on social media, uh, at the Card Subject to Change podcast uh, social media platforms. Let us know what you think. Was that a clean finish or not, or is it part of the storyline? Let us know. Um, after the one, two, three, or as the Wizard CZ here is putting it, the alleged one, two, three, um, Lashley gets his butt kicked some more. Or excuse me, Lesnar gets his butt kicked some more by Lashley. Um, you know, despite winning the match, Lesnar um, is the man laying in the down. Lashley's the one laying uh, walking out. My quote from the match, and I really am going to gush on Wade Barrett and Michael Cole. I love they're my favorite duo in WWE right now, man. They're really good. They're really really good. Barrett's accent really helps him out too. But Brock Lesnar got his ass kicked tonight. And that's it's very, very true. Uh, Barrett Barrett summed it up right there. Brock Lesnar got his ass kicked tonight, and we're not used to seeing that. And uh, 
it was kind of cool to see, and I don't think this is the last we're going to see uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock no. Lesnar gets the pin uh, at six minutes, and maybe the pin's brought up on uh, Raw on Monday night. I would, I would be surprised if it's not, but that's just me. Maybe it was. Maybe they're considering it a clean finish, and that's the end of the end of the story. But the whole point is Bobby Lashley won, or maybe who it was Brock Lesnar who was upset about not losing to Lashley, correct? Earlier in the year, that's what yeah. that was the setup for this match. Yep. <clears throat> so. Honestly, I can see Lashley having a legitimate beef at the end of this match, but at the same time, maybe this is their their blow off for the the feud. Who knows? We'll find out tomorrow on Raw. Could be for now, um, but I thought it was a solid opener. Two big two big names out there. The crowd liked it. The crowd loved it. Um, yeah. Crowd good solidly opener. behind Bobby Lashley. Um, solidly behind not, Bobby. Behind Lashley. Brock Lesnar. Sorry, Bobby. Lashley. Right, they were they were behind Lesnar. Boot they out of the building. Yep. Crowd was into the match and they enjoyed it. After the match, we go backstage uh, because in the ring already are damage control, um, EO Sky and Dakota Kai, and they are in their return match. And getting interviewed backstage are Alexa Bliss and Asuka, the current defending and new WWE Women's Tag Champs. They won them on Raw, I believe. Yep, this and is the most recent, the go-home edition of Raw. They won correct. the titles. What an interesting backstage segment this was because uh, before they can say anything, you've got the video monitor displaying the, the Bray Wyatt upside-down moth and Alexa Bliss looking incredibly distracted. Incredibly distracted, and it took her a good solid moment um, after Asuka had bothered her you know, to get her attention back. So, yep, I caught that too. Um, you know, everything's done for a reason. And I, I like long-term storytelling and subtle hints like that. And that was a good one. That's, that, that was what was cool about that bag stakes, uh, segment. I put it on, um, my good notes throwback. with this match. It was good throwback. I like good that. I, it's and cool. And, and, and even though, right, even though that Bray Wyatt has made his appearance in WWE, we really don't know his intentions and what is going on yet. So that's a little hint there that keeps, uh, Keeps uh hey it's it's a little bug uh, to keep you interested. Um, <laughs> I see what four, you did there. All four, <laughs> all four <laughs> ladies, all four ladies in the ring, and I got full bodysuit action. Of course, we don't have to explain the the Saudi Arabia rules here, but I just I, I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, I, I, it's just different seeing uh you know the, the WWE women's wrestlers, um you know, in a different light in Saudi Arabia due to their country view on in women and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I got full body suit action and I really liked uh, the, the opening of this match. Good exchange between Kai and bliss. A uh, good way to start the match. You know, yeah. I got just good back and forth here between the two teams. Nothing ridiculous. They're staying, staying within the confines of the match and not doing anything that doesn't need to be done. Um, big spot of the match was uh, in the corner of the four the four women uh, had a massive superplex um, that really went over with the crowd and was a really good spot. Um, it gets them back and forth towards the end, and and everybody got to shine in this match, but we get Twisted Blitz, Alexis Finisher, coming off the ropes. It was countered. 
she gets the upper hand. That, uh, she goes back one more time, and then she doesn't get to hit the Twisted Bliss again. No, and, and you've got Nikki Cross coming in, who is back to her, uh, for lack of a better term, crazy Nikki Cross gimmick that she had when she was originally in NXT, wreaking havoc and costing Bliss and Asuka the match, giving the titles back to damage control. Yeah, and I, and the five day reign as champs is over. I mean, um, I you know I understand why they did it because Nikki is coming back to screw Alexa in some way, screwed him out of the belts. Um, at first, I couldn't tell who it was. I couldn't tell who it was because uh, Nikki's face was covered in and, and you and with the bodysuit and stuff. I couldn't tell who was attacking until they said so. Uh, props to WWE for, for having that one. I, I didn't see that one coming, but I guess uh, there's a story to be told there with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. And Nick, you covered everything that I had in my notes, except for one thing. Uh, this is not anything to do with the match, but it seems like the NXT, or the NXT, the, the WWE women's tag team division has a lot of thrown together or what feels like thrown together teams. And I'm I'm on the fence about about that because I like Alexa Bliss. I like Asuka. They're both tremendous competitors. They're fantastic in the ring. But other than the fact that they're coming together because Bailey brought her cohorts Dakota and Io back into into the main roster, there's not really a cohesion cohesive reason for them to be paired together. And you see that a lot with with the women's tag division. People and, just and kind that, of thrown together. Yeah, and that's you know that's just kind of for lack you know lack of better term. They really never had a tag division before, and time to develop tag teams. I mean, I like what NXT has done. You know, they've got Toxic Attraction. They have a team, and and but they, yeah, you're right. It's just you'd like to see some more continuity with the tag team division. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I don't think we're going to see the pairing of Alexa Bliss and Oscar very much longer. I don't think that's going to last oh, down the road. Um, but yeah, you raise a good point there. It is a good point to bring up. And maybe that's something that Triple H is building towards. I I mean, who's to know? He's, he's still getting his footing. He's got a good solid uh, ground underneath him so far. But for all intents and purposes, he is in his infancy of his run, control or uh, planning the shows, building the shows and putting things together. Oh, for sure. And, you know, only time will tell, but the women's division has made leaps and bounds. I mean, we went from having Saudi shows with no women on them at all to having Saudi shows with multiple women matches on them now. So, um, which is, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So only time will tell, you know, give Triple H some time to get things worked out. Uh, the Kings, it's going to take a year or two to get things fixed because they were in disarray when he took over. And you know that's that's not knocking him. He's doing a great job of rebuilding. But yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time to to get back to that cohesive unit that that it needs to be and have everything set where it should be to for us as fans, for everyone as wrestlers in the company. Absolutely. Um, after this match and the celebration of the damage control. We see the appearance of the one, the only Logan Paul coming backstage out of uh, oh, some SUV of some sort as he got dropped off at, 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 the, at the venue. 
Um, Byron Staxon is asking him and Entourage what he thinks about tonight. Cuts a little promo that he all it need, all it takes is just one, you know, one punch. All it takes is one punch, and he's the next WWE champion. I mean, I thought it was a nice little promo building the main event. Uh, something I thought they did a really good job of throughout this show was was Absolutely. they kept uh, a couple backstage vignettes. Uh, of course, there and then you get the arrival of the tribal chief uh, later on. We'll bring up, but I really liked this arrival here, and I thought it was very well done. As it went into our third match of the night, I like this is one of the matches I was looking forward to. I like watching these guys work together. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, and this is a steel cage match. Pinfall submission or escape the cage um, is what we're talking about here. And CZ Cole right off the bat is stressing how important this match is to Drew to win. He has to win this match, and how important it is for him. He's lost five of his last matches and you know this he has to win this match yeah i mean just a couple of months ago drew was in in the title picture against roman reigns at clash at the castle and he's kind of gone downhill so this this is a very important match for him to to come away with the w on um him and cross they've been going back and forth for the last couple of months uh whether it be in the ring or like it was at extreme rules in the strap match or whether it be in segments where Karrion Cross is just needling at Drew uh, to to provoke him. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I, I took some notes on this match, and, and, and I, I like what you said there. I, I have here, I want to see these guys with the title involved. I, I enjoy both of their ring work. And I think maybe that's what they're kind of doing here, Steve. Trying out this feud without the belt to see how hot it is. I think these guys work great together. I really do. Um, Absolutely. uh, The moment I had here, I really liked. Drew sits up out of the tree of woe and tosses Cross off the top rope back into the ring. I thought that was a really cool uh, moment. Um, Absolutely. That's when I said, man, I want to see these guys with the title involved because I just – I, I just think there's magic between these two guys. Give it time. I really think there is. Yeah, uh, Scar- I Scarlet couldn't agree more. Full, Scarlet and full leather for all you S&M fans out there. I mean, <laughs> head to toe, black, shiny leather, if that's your thing. Um, really love this next spot uh, where um, the cage-aided superplex is what I call it. The cage definitely helped out with, with – uh, the positioning of the body and the push off, of course, but there was a nice cage aided superplex crowd appreciating it. I think the first time tonight they, they, they yelled, this is awesome. So uh, really big spot, got the crowd into it uh, between two guys. I had a legitimate question for uh, to you for this match. Can we call this a Haas fight? Oh, that's a tough call. Um, given the credentials of these two, given the in-ring uh, in-ring prowess and their <clears throat> their fighting styles? I'd say absolutely. Okay, well, then we got to fight! Yeah, this was number two. Man, we're three matches in, and we got two Haas fights. Um, <laughs> and, but- and it doesn't end there. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but we got another one coming up. Oh, yeah, another one just right around the corner here. Um, but I, I like there were some different stops here. Um We've had, you know, Drew is going for the door, and we've had the use of Mace in this storyline before, and there Scarlet has it. She Maces Drew, 
and then locks, you know, somehow magically gets the key and locks the door so locks he can't crawl out. Yep. Um, so Drew then turns around and decides, well, yeah. I'm going to go over the top. Correct. And that prompts Scarlet to unlock the door for, for Cross. And now it's a race to the finish. Who's going to get out first? And, you know, like we said, it was this was Drew's match to lose or win. He had to get a win here to to really keep himself in the title picture. And he his feet hit the ground first, but it was it was pretty close. His and, feet I mean, in the dismay of Scarlet and Karrion Cross here, you know, our, our plans were foiled at every turn. He got us and, and Drew gets the big win and the crowd loved it. I really, really enjoyed this match. Good match between these two. Not very long. It was 13 minutes. I thought it was the perfect length for the cage match. These two guys. I felt if it went any longer, it probably would have gotten silly or sillier, as they say. But I really liked this length. I thought the cage match was excellent. And you know, we're three matches in, and so far this, this pay per view is not too bad. Yeah, and you know, you it's an ending that we've seen before, but it didn't feel like it was an ending that we've seen before. You know what I mean? It, it felt fresh especially with two faces that have that are really starting to get a fire lit under them here. You got to think this rivalry again is not over with the way that ended. Yeah, I think it ends for now, but maybe after Royal Rumble here, maybe it, it slowed down here for this last month. I don't know, but I, I could see these guys definitely working, you know, on the road to WrestleMania. Oh, well, for sure. And they'll have a great program whenever they work, work together again next, because that's, that's what they've presented with us here. Uh, Nick, we're going we're gonna to take a quick time out here, pay some dues to our podcast brethren, and then we'll be back with more of uh, uh, Crown Jewel. Sounds good. Make sure you tune into For Frequency Sake on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch each Sunday during the football season from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The boys from For Fantasy Sake will be bringing the fire fantasy football takes, updating you on the week's rankings and injuries, and getting you ready for your fantasy football matchups each and every week. The show is interactive, so be sure to send your questions. You can find them at For Frequency Sake on Facebook, at FFSQC on Twitter, or you can send them an email at ForFantasySakeQC at gmail.com. And welcome back here to the Card Subject to Change podcast. The Wizard CZ and myself, the Honorable Nick Bull, are reviewing WWE's crown jewel that took place over in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We had just ended the cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. When we get the arrival of the tribal chief. No, not Deej. Uh, Roman, Reigns, and uh, the bloodline, they appear. And uh, we get our first interaction with Roman Reigns uh, tonight. For sure. And it's, it's nice to see. Obviously, the, uh, the bloodline is sans the honorary Us with good reason. Uh, Sammy, being of Syrian descent, uh, chooses to opt out of the Saudi Arabia shows. Totally understandable. Uh, honestly, though, that's there were two things missing, and we'll talk more about this at the end. For me in this show, I felt there were two things missing that would have brought this show up from a B to an A to me. One of them is Sami Zayn, and <clears throat> obviously that's not going to happen. But you know, the bloodline's coming out; they're looking strong. They're Roman is ready to beat the crap out of 
out of Logan Paul, it's, it's a good night. He's he's ready and raring to go. Absolutely. He's ready, ready and raring to go. And I think by this point, after those first three matches, I'm ready and raring to go to get to the main event. So I'm going to tell you yeah. what, these next couple matches, if you want to go back and watch and you're fans of these next couple matches, by all means, do so. I'm not poo-pooing on them, but there's just nothing extraordinary about the next two matches. Fourth the, match the on only... the card. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple bullet points here. Um, but go ahead with what you wanted to say, CZ. Yeah, we're we're coming into the Judgment Day versus the OC, uh, or the club, however you want to call them. They've been dubbed many different names. The only really, the only real thing that I have noted uh, is commentary on this one. Michael Cole at one point is calling Rhea Ripley the leader of the Judgment Day. And then a few minutes later, he's talking about Finn Balor being the leader of the Judgment Day. You and I have talked about that before, Nick. Who is the real mastermind behind the Judgment Day? We don't know. We don't know. And and, and I think, you know, the, the big biggest takeaway from this match is Rhea is the one pulling the strings. She's calling the shots. Um, you know, they mentioned earlier in the match, she was dressing like Beth Phoenix, uh, sending a message to Beth. Uh, undoubtedly foreshadowing something down the road uh, with Rhea and Beth, which I'll look, I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, I, I kind of like this. And, you know, how ironic we have a a, a female in Rhea pulling the strings on Judgment Day and we're front and center in Saudi Arabia. You know, I kind of like, you know, <laughs> I kind of I kind of like the, the tongue, you know, the, you know, hey, we're going to show you. You know, we'll play by your rules, but we're still going to show you. Um, right. I really, I, I really think Rhea's running the show here. Um, and the based pinfall, on the actions, pinfall, the action of the match was good, but really this was about, uh, you know, furthering the Judgment Day and, and really getting them uh, over as the premier heel, heel stable here in the company. Damian Priest and, and Gallows, excuse me, had a couple of good exchanges. Both big guys. Um, match went 14 minutes. Not bad. Um, Finn Balor pins AJ Styles. Um, I think that's going to continue. But I also noted that uh, Michael Cole mentioned the Bullet Club openly on WWE TV. I mean, I thought, hey, why not you acknowledge it? It happened. Guys, it happened. Yeah. You know, these <laughs> Which guys is are awesome. All, Finn Balor was the original leader of the, of, of the Bullet Club. And then AJ Styles became a leader, you know, of the club. So, you know, they referenced that. I thought that was a good thing. I mean, hey, we're, we're, we're all grown adults here. Well, at least I think we are. I mean, we are watching pro wrestling, but we're all grown adults <laughs> here. We're all grown adults here. And I just hope, you know, I hope that this continues. Like, you know, we all can get along. There's enough, there's enough stuff to go around to watch, but that match transition into what is a legitimate. <laughs> another one. Uh, five matches three. in. That five three, matches in. And, and we have three Haas fights. Um, I loved how they had the weigh-in of these guys, the tail of the tape. I don't know. Uh, this might have been my line of the night. But as Omos is coming to the ring, Cole goes, I can't believe it. Yesterday, he weighed 416. Barrett replies, and he's 420 by now. <laughs> I <just> like, <laughs> Boom. Boom! I thought that was a hilarious joke. It made me, uh, it made me, uh, it made me chuckle. Had to write that one down. I'm like, man, Barrett was on fire. I, I really liked his call. 
on this show and really think he's really stepped his game up since he's been moved up to the main roster. Um, Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah. The announcement was made that uh, that for any premium live event, it's going to be Cole and Graves making the call. I agree. I think Barrett on the call was the right move for this show. Those two have great chemistry, but it, it begs the question, where was Corey Graves? Because he's been to Saudi before. He's been on the call, if I remember correctly. Has I want to believe. I want to believe Carmella had a miscarriage within the oh. past week or two. So he probably was back home, and they they sent Barrett over, you know, with Cole. That's what yeah, I think. That's... Was you're, you're absolutely right when they said that he was going to be the. They were going to be the guys hosting premium live events, but I think well, that's why they never mentioned it on screen. But that's what was going on. And if that's the case, obviously card subject to change sends our thoughts and prayers out to Corey Graves and Carmella. You know, that's, that's hard to go through. Yep. Absolutely. So despite that Cole or Wade Barrett sitting in for Graves, I thought did a great job in the show. This match does not bother me. This match did not bother me. I thought it had a spot on the show. Both guys were showcased in this match. It was another Haas fight. But I'm telling you, like, everybody wants to, hey, you're not going to get a five-star here. But both these guys are monsters, and they went at it. I didn't have a problem with it. The only thing that bothered me about this match is it felt very similar to the opener where Omas was dominant throughout, and then Braun gets the win. Felt very similar to what happened with Lashley. Different, but similar. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, for sure. I, I, I do too. Um, I mean, it was a totally different fight. Don't get me wrong. But the, the results, the way that the match played out, it just it just felt like we had the same match twice. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point you bring up. I, I can see that now. Um, obviously, this one a little less polished of the two. Um, but you got two big dudes in there going at it. Um for what it was, it did not bother me. I mean, I thought when I was sat down to take my notes for Crown Jewel, I thought we'd be poo-pooing all over this match, but I don't think you can. You can maybe poo-poo on the booking decision, but those two guys' ring work was not bad. That wasn't a bad match for two big guys for being seven minutes and 20 seconds. I, no, no, I not really, at all. I really, I really can't sit here and – you know, go slamboree uh, 2000 on this thing, you know? <laughs> if you don't know that reference, check out the podcast and the, check out the archives under wherever you find our podcast. That slamboree 2000 is a doozy. That's that's punishment. Um, but, yeah, I, I had no problem with it on the show. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a decent, decent set, a decent uh, – Decent match. The rivalry is pretty good. Where it goes from here, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, that's going to bring us into our next match. And going into our next match, Nick, I got to ask, how oozy do you feel today? Uh, I'm a little oozy. I wish I felt oozier with the inclusion of Sami Zayn. But like we've talked about for obvious reasons, he wasn't a part of it. And you're right. If he's a part of this and the main event, the show is just a little bit better in my opinion. But, yeah, I'm feeling well, oozy. How about you? I'm I'm feeling fairly oozy, and you know I agree. If Sami Zayn had been there, it would have brought it to like God mode oozy, like Roman Reigns is God mode for the championship. But sure, 
you know, we're talking about Sammy. Might as well talk to you. You know, I said there were two things I felt missing of this show. Sammy Zayn being one of them. The other is is the other guy who is arguably the most over guy in WWE, and that's Seth Rollins. Very conspicuous by his absence on this show. Well, Riddle wasn't there as either. You know, I mean, maybe some guys had this weekend planned off. I don't know how. I don't know how that was, but yeah, no Riddle on this show. Uh, no Seth Rollins, um, but no Kevin Owens. There's no a lot Kevin of these Owens, missing. No but right, there were. But at the end of the day, I still thought this was a you know a, a pretty solid effort from WWE. Not the best, not the worst. I've seen better. I've seen worse, but th- oh, th- this was too I, bad. I couldn't agree more. I'm not. I'm not poo pooing. Oh, on uh, this yeah. Call, yeah. The... Oh, yeah. I, I understand. Oh, I know. I'm not. Not. I'm not poo pooing on the show at all. I just wish that, you know the two most over guys in WWE right now, in my opinion, are Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins, and they're not. Oh, on the for show. sure. For sure. And I was just kind of making. I was making a point for the four names we listed off not being on the show. It was a pretty darn good show, you know. So yeah, I I agree. It was a solid show, uh, but we've still got a ways to go before we're finished talking about it. Uh, let's get into, yep. you know, I, I'll be honest. I was a little checked out during this match, uh, not on purpose. Uh, I've had a very long weekend between working and driving back yesterday. I haven't been sleeping well the last couple of days. So I was in and out of this match, Nick. Uh, so I'm going to let you talk more about, about the Usos versus, versus the Brawling Brutes for the titles. Well, I'll tell you what. This was my second favorite match on the card. Um I obviously love the main event, and we'll get to that in a few moments. But this was my second favorite match. Obviously, I love tag team wrestling, but this was a straight-up tag team match. You know, we don't have any funky gimmicks at ringside or anything like that. And, I, you know, I kind of noted, you know, I had low expectations for this match. Um, but going to it, and then the Usos come out, they're incredibly over. Um, I think with Sammy, they would have been out of this world over. Um but other than that, uh, sorry, I'm, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, the current reigning defending tag champs, they're taking on the Brawling Brutes here. The Brawling Brutes are Ridge Holland and the artist formerly known as Pete Dunn, uh, Butch. Please bring careful. back was, Pete Dunn. I had to be careful when I was taking my notes on this one, CZ. I make sure I wasn't writing bitch when I was writing Butch. <laughs> and a couple times I did, and I'm like, gosh, because oh, I, I like him. I, I'm not saying he's a bitch. I just was writing down. My writing it's was getting messy. But we, on the way to the ring, we find out that the winner of this match gets a title shot against the New Day on SmackDown. Um, because right now the Usos have a 475-day reign. The New Day's reign was 487. So they're approaching it, and they're getting there. And so they will fight on – the winner of this match will fight on SmackDown um, uh, against the you gotta think you got to think the New Day is looking, uh, provided the Usos come out of this with the titles, to end their, their, their winning streak, their reign as champions before they overtake the New Day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. And they and they give the background here of the it shows the it shows um, the bloodline taking out Sheamus with the with the kayfabe arm injury. Everybody knows Sheamus was off getting married, um, but they you know they show that to, to give you background on the storyline. Um, Butch and Jimmy start out 
And after a short exchange, um, the Usos are like, you know, screw this. About two minutes into the match, they, not even two minutes into the match, they go over to the table, take their belts, and start leaving. Um, but Butch makes sure they get back in the ring. And once they're back in the ring, Butch goes to work on what Michael Cole goes and, and, and confers as joint manipulation. CG, I want you to tell me what joint manipulation is. <laughs> so from what I've gathered <laughs> and seen, because this is a Pete Dunne specialty, joint manipulation is essentially taking someone's fingers or wrist, what have you, and bending, twisting, and breaking it in a direction it is not supposed to go. Yeah, and he is going to town with some joint manipulation. Um, and then the Usos gain the upper hand and start working on Butch. And the Usos show why they're one of the best tag teams of all time. They're on the Wizard CZ's Mount Rushmore of tag teams. If you want to know who was also on CZ's Mount Rushmore of tag teams, along with myself, go find that podcast in the archives, wherever you find Absolutely. the card podcast. But we'll get back to this match here. They're showing you why they're a good tag team. They're keeping him in, you know, in their corner. And they're wearing yeah, they're him down. off the ring. Cutting off the ring. Ridge Holland hasn't been in the match yet. The crowd's breaking out with, we want Sammy chance. Well, we do. I do too. But we're we not getting Sammy. It's, it's just, we want him. He's not going to be there. I love that Jay yells back at the crowd, you ain't getting him. You ain't getting him. <laughs> I love it. Um, Cole and Barrett are putting over the Usos huge as they should, the eight-time champs. Here they are in another country putting, you know, putting the titles on the line. And then Butch out of nowhere to buy some time hits a perfect tornado DDT. And then finally, we get the hot tag from Butch to Ridge Hollins. Ridge Holland and Ridge Holland comes in and cleans house and states his claim and is making his case. Is he a hostie? Oh, I would say so. Okay, okay, because he comes in and cleans house, and then maybe the best part of the whole cleaning of the house is Jimmy is trying to do a tope suicida to where Ridge just bitch slaps Jimmy in the face. And, and <laughs> it, it, I loved that move. Um, the, 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 the brawling brutes then try to take out Jimmy the way that the bloodline took out Seamus. Um, Jay foils that. I wrote down at this point, this is a great showcase for the brawling brutes. Win, lose, or draw at this point, they look great. There's no gimmicks needed here. It's been a tag match. There hasn't been any tomfoolery. I really like this. This has been a this has been a fun match, and the brawling brutes have looked great. All four men, um, all four men have really, you know, added to this match at some point. Um, more back and forth, a double super kick, the Usos stave off um, the, the Brutes with kicks. Jimmy goes for a splash. Butch catches him in an arm lock, and there's more joint manipulation. I knew I, <laughs> I put that in there for you. I knew you would love that by that point. 
Jay makes the save, and then the Usos hit the double splash on Butch. One, two, Ridge makes the save. I'm freaking loving it. The crowd's loving it. I'm invested. In this. All four of these guys have really gotten me invested in this match, and I'm not really a huge fan of any of the four. So I, I'm enjoying this. This was, this was a fun match. Um, crowd's loving it. Butch goes to destroy, is going on to destroy Jay's arm. He detains. Butch is doing his best to destroy Jay's arm. Detains Jimmy. And at one point, at one point, Michael Cole says a wrist uh, is possibly broken because of said joint manipulation. Correct. Correct. Butch destroys Jay's arm. Butch then is still on Jay. When Jimmy gets white noise from Ridge Holland, a, a tribute to Seamus, and Jay kicks out of it. Crowd is going nuts. I mean, everybody's going great. The Brawling Brutes get up. They do a combo move where it's a kick to the head and a slam. And then the butch pin is broke up by Jimmy. Crowd is going nuts. All four guys are up. There's a double super kick by the Usos to Ridge. Um, knocking Ridge out. After the double super kick to Ridge, there's a blind tag. Jimmy blind tags Jay, unbeknownst to Butch. They hit the one day from the top rope and are still your WWE tag team, your undisputed tag team champions. Jimmy gets the pin on Butch at 1045. Up until this point, this is the match of the night, but it's not for very long. I love this match. Nope. And Barrett aptly names this match afterwards a banger. This was a banger. Man, I, just, I love Barrett on commentary. <laughs> Let me tell you, that that 1D off of the top rope, that looked amazing. I, yeah, I love that the that the uh, they went to, to Devon and got permission to use the 3D, which is what it started off as. Uh, Devon gave them their blessing. They do it absolutely masterfully and to take it to that that next level and have that hit off the top rope that was a lot of fun for me this was the best tag match i think i had seen in wwe since money in the bank with usos and and the street Profits. I, I honestly think this was the best tag match since then and uh stand behind it crowd loved it i thought it was great um, Usos retained, setting up the match for SmackDown between the New Day and the Usos. So, so yeah, if you're gonna, if you're looking forward to two fantastic tag teams going at it, be sure to tune into Friday Night SmackDown because that uh, that's something that I'm gonna put a pin in, Nick. We're gonna have to talk about that next week, depending on how that match goes. Absolutely, absolutely. So. We're about uh, we're about two thirds of the way through the show. We're about two thirds of the way through this episode of Card Subject to Change. If I had to guess, we've got two more matches coming up and one one more moment to talk about. But before we get there, we're going to toss things over to our buddy Joe Winkle, and uh, he's going to talk about the websites for for frequency sake. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, 
The team at 4 Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out 4FantasySakeQC.com this season for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is 4FantasySakeQC.com for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season. Thank you very much. We're on the Go Home segment here of the Card Subject Exchange Podcast. Along uh-huh. with the Wizards CZ, I am your host, co-host, the Honorable Nick Bull. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. We're going to pick back up where we left off. Two matches left here on the card from Crown Jewel. And we are now to the WWE Raw Women's Championship match. And it's no offense to Bianca Belair, and it's no offense to Bailey because this match was fun, and it had its, it had its moments. But I am over the last woman, the last man standing stipulation. I'm over it. I, I, we've seen so many of those, uh, whether it's SummerSlam, SummerSlam, Lesnar and Reigns. And I know this is a women's match, but didn't Becky and didn't Becky and Bianca have a last women standing match? I, I, I can't remember, but I'm over the, I'm over the last person standing, uh, stipulation. But, and we just, we just reviewed, uh, Another a couple of those. AEW had one recently. One yeah, of our... I mean, every, everybody's doing them, but I, I'm not taking away from this match. This match was fun. Um, I didn't take a lot of notes, but I did take a couple here. And I wanted to ask you: Do you see the irony in this match? Uh, how so? I'm not. I'm not sure. You're in Saudi Arabia. Light me up. You're in yeah. Saudi Arabia. Two big stars. And here we are. We're having a last woman standing match. I mean, we're just we're just promoting women, 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 and I love it. It's great. It is the uh, second to last match of the night. Big match. Um, they the women are highlighted. They really are. Um, there's hard hitting. There's good use of weapons in this match. The ending of this match was great. How they did it. I'll let. I'll, I won't, we'll, I won't we'll talk about there. the ending yet. But the ending is genius. <laughs> it leaves an opening. It leaves so much room. This match was fun. I just wish it wasn't. I just I'm over the last women standing gimmick. Yeah, I agree. It it it's getting to the point where it's very overdone. But at the same time, there's only so many tools in the in the <coughs> toolbox for match types. And unless you're and <clears throat> great thing about Triple H, rumor has it, uh, we'll see what happens in the next year. But there aren't going to be as many gimmick pay per views. So the gimmick matches may be coming, not to an end, obviously, but they may be more special when they're done. Right. And, and, this, match was, and this match was good. This match was special. I, I, I hadn't seen an ending like this to a last person standing match before, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good match. And the use of the weapons, they didn't get corny with stuff. You know, I didn't think it got too corny. And I thought they really did well. You know, despite having to wrestle in full leather suits. And here's here's the highlights that I have. I'll go through the spots that I that, that really got me in this match. You've got <clears throat> Bianca Belair moving the stairs away from the corner, which leads to Bailey trapping Bianca inside the steps between her and the ring to try and prevent her from getting up to answer the 10 count. A ladder goes over the hole in the steps. 
all sorts of fun fun play here with these excuse me with these steel steps to prevent Bianca from answering the 10 count. Um, eventually we work our way up to the entrance ramp, up to the entry, up to the, the stage where the entrance is, where the big Tron is. Uh, they pull out a crate, a wheeled crate and Bailey traps Bianca in there, puts Bianca in there. I won't say trapped. Here's my one issue with this match. Bailey would have won the match if she had locked that crate with Bianca in it. Bianca would not have been able to answer the 10 count because she wouldn't have been able to get out. Am I wrong, Nick? You're not wrong, but yeah, they've always got to leave the door open, right? They can't, <laughs> they can't, they can't cross all their I's or create, you know, can't dot all their I's and cross all their T's, right? Not all the that's, time. That's very true. Uh, while you've got Bianca trapped in this crate and the ref is doing the 10 count, Bailey disappears and comes out driving a golf cart, to which Michael Cole says, that's DWI, driving while insane. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, Cole. Cole's good, and he also still has the room for the corny line as well. And <laughs> I don't know, are women, are women allowed to drive? In Saudi Arabia, I'm not, I'm not being ignorant. I don't know, but there you go. I'd love that the the women the women were empowering on this show. Oh, for sure. Uh, so so we get the fight to the top of the golf cart. Somehow Bailey gets knocked down and is laying prone on top of the golf cart. Bianca hops in the driver's seat, drives her down the ramp, and stops right in front of a table that Bailey had set up causing Bailey to flip over onto the table. And this had to hurt because the table did not break. You can see where the table was kind of gimmicked after Bailey hit it. There was a little dent that looked like it might've been a mark where they had kind of helped the table along so that it would break. And that's, that's getting a little inside baseball, so to speak there. But, uh, Eventually, Bianca will throw Bailey through that table. But the highlight of this match, and I want to talk about this. I want to compare it to a ma- to a last man standing match from years ago. Bianca traps Bailey inside a ladder, pushes the ladder under the turnbuckle, causing it, Bailey to not be able to meet the ten count. This you were right. This is a unique finish. You we haven't seen this before. Let me tell you what it reminded me of, though, Nick. Do you remember the last man standing match between John Cena and Batista where Cena duct-taped Batista's legs to the ring post? Yeah, kind of vaguely I do, yeah. Yeah, now you bring it up, yeah. It reminded me a lot of that because it's, it's trickery. It's not... It wasn't someone knocking someone out to the point where they could... Uh, they couldn't answer the 10 count. It was an innovative way to prevent them from getting up. Yeah, I, I wrote down, I love that Bailey lost while she was quote-unquote awake. She didn't get knocked out. She wasn't down on the ground. She was fully aware of what was going on and still couldn't answer the count. I loved how it ended. It was it was so unique and different. I thought, I thought this was a fun match between the two of them. You know, I've I've never been the biggest Bianca Belair fan as far as her character, her gimmick goes. But I'll be honest, this last year she's really grown on me because of her in-ring work 
and her character development. She's no longer the, for lack of a better term, the, the bitch who uses her hair to whip people. She's evolved into a full-fledged character that you can get behind and root for. She has. She absolutely has. Uh, she, man, she's, she's put herself, she's put in a 2022 for herself, Bianca Belair. Has. She really has taken the ball and run with it and proofs on this match. I, I, I love this match. It was really good. I just wish it didn't have that gimmick, but the gimmick made it what it was. And, and uh, I'm tired of the gimmick, but I love the match. And for just going over 2020 uh, in, in time, it was, it, it was excellent. It delivered. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was good. Well, we all are to the part of the show we want to be at. Everybody, um, for lack of a better term, I mean, whether you know him, like him or not, you know, you say Logan Paul, people's heard the name or can say, oh, he's the internet guy, YouTube guy. Let me stop but, you there, Nick, because we got something to talk about before we get to the main event. Oh, no, what did I miss? Bray Wyatt. Oh, you know what? Because I didn't write it. I didn't even write that promo thing down. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. You're right. I jumped the gun because I want to talk about the main event so bad. And I'm with you. I want to get to the main event. I'm anxious to get there because it was fantastic. But we would be remiss to not talk about Bray Wyatt. He's done the same. He's done a very similar promo since his return where he comes out to the ring and he's giving a very heartfelt talk to the fans uh, or he's been backstage in some instances, and he gets interrupted by this Uncle Howdy character. And that's what I want to focus on. Because here's the big question that I have for you, Nick. Is Bray Wyatt getting interrupted by himself playing Uncle Howdy? Or is it someone we don't know yet who is in that role? I think it's both. I know that's pretty cheesy and, and uh, easy way to get out of it, but I think Bray Wyatt's out there bearing his soul to the world, and then someone will break in on the Titan front. In this case, uh, Uncle Howdy. Is Uncle Howdy a voice in his head? Another person, absolutely. But Uncle Howdy is also a character, right? We're seeing it on the screen. But are we, are we supposed to see it that way, or are we supposed to see it as Bray's vision? You know, Let me speculate know. a little bit. This is, this is trippy, and I like it. Um, I think it's obviously introducing another member, but it also could be one of his personalities too. It, it could be a, it could true. be a double edged sword here. Yep, it really could go either way because there's been a lot of talk of the Wyatt Six. Let me run something by you though. I've read rumors more than once speculating that Uncle Howdy is actually uh, Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt's brother, formerly known as Bo Dallas. What do you think about that? Um, I don't have a problem with Bo Dallas being Uncle Howdy. Um, obviously, with the natural lineage there, them both being brothers, that would all, that would tie into it. Um, you know, could Bray control Uncle Howdy, or does Uncle Howdy control Bray? I mean, I don't have a problem with Bo Dallas. Um, I thought it was kind of bum bummer when he got released. Um, and I'm hoping maybe if this is him and he comes back, they, this is his chance to get back and, and stay on the roster. And it would be great to see those two brothers together. I don't think they really got a chance to work together when they were both in the WWE before. Yeah, not I know, too much. 
<clears throat> I know Bo Dallas was fantastic in NXT, but kind of got swept under the rug by Vince when he got moved up to the main roster. So it'd be nice to see that that come to fruition. Now that's so, just rumor and speculation. So what do you believe? Um, do you believe <laughs> he's coming back? I I honestly don't have a good answer whether I believe he's coming back. I think more I would like to see it happen. I I think he deserves a better uh, a better main roster run than what he had back when he was in the when he was on Raw and SmackDown. So so yeah, I mean I would love to see that come to fruition. Whether that's what's going on here, we'll have to wait and see. But I I I'm excited. I think it's a good possibility. I know Triple H had a big hand in his NXT run because that was NXT or NXT was Triple H's baby at the time. So Bo Dallas was very prominent there. We'll we'll have to wait and see. My other question to you is we're seeing these promos with Bray Wyatt. We have yet to see any any legit rivalry with another superstar other than this Uncle Howdy character come into come into play. Where do you see Bray, Bray Wyatt fitting onto the card for his first match? His first match back in the ring. Uh, maybe we don't know until after Royal Rumble. And that uh, could be that. That'd be nice. It, it, I don't know. Be... I would like. I would like for something significant in this Bray Wyatt thing to happen at Survivor Series. Whether uh, it's another character getting introduced in the ring or something, I would just like to to see this thing progress a little bit because if you remember this was crown jewel the next pay-per-view survivor series and then there's no day one so there's no pay-per-view from survivor series until royal rumble so yeah you've got almost a two-month gap there you gotta think survivor series is going to be really big uh bigger than it probably normally is was um obviously with the war games uh you know logo and thing getting added to it um it's going to be bigger than it, it has been in the past and that's great but man, they really need to do something at the next show in providing or, or on their TV programming to move this up because I mean they could really ride this. I mean, you could introduce every character this way, have him not fight anybody, and then you know, boom, you got a WrestleMania feud. So I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I kind of hope they expedite it, but in a good way. And I'll be honest, I'm I'm with you there, but I like the slow build that they're giving it also. Yeah, oh, I like the cryptic stuff too. Yeah, I mean the, the the clues, absolutely. It lets it ruminate, it lets it evolve on its own, and it gets you thinking, what happens next? But at the same time, I agree. You're you're absolutely right. Something needs to happen at Survivor Series to progress the story. For sure, absolutely. So now so can now we now just... can we talk about the main event? <laughs> My yeah, God, uh, we could go right into the. Let's go right into the main event here. I know. Yeah, you know I had to give you some. I had to give you some crap there. Uh-huh. I had to give you some crap. What a main event this was! I'm going to start off by saying that. Um, you and I talked off air. Logan Paul and Roman Reigns both did a phenomenal job making Logan Paul look like he belonged in this match. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> kudos will go to Logan Paul, and he, 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 for what, was this his third match? 
Man. This was his third match in the WWE. He, you know, he's in there. He's swimming with sharks. He's in deep water. But Roman Reigns, it just goes to show you how good Roman Reigns is. Not taking anything away from Logan Paul, but Roman Reigns made Logan Paul look like the next world champion there for a few moments, a few times. I'm Roman Reigns. To me, a long time solidified a long time ago why he's probably the best thing going right now. But it really hit me in this match when he is out there making you believe that Logan Paul could possibly beat him. I mean, there were a lot of moments where you had to think. There were. And I'm just reading here. I don't know if you know this or not, but Logan Paul tweeted out today that halfway through the match, he blew out his MCL and his ACL. I did see that, yes. So finishing half of that match on adrenaline, props to him. Um, technically, is this you know a technical marvel? No, but it's not a schmoz either, man. It had its spots. It had, it had Logan's crew getting involved, Logan's brother, the Usos, everybody. It, it was perfect it, for what it was. It was a spectacle, right? This social media icon who has now found himself into the world title picture against the tribal chief. I thought it delivered. It was awesome. I loved it. And some of the moves that Logan Paul pulled off. Let's go down down the rabbit hole there. A couple, Let me list a couple for you. Towards the beginning of the match, he does this. It's not exactly a springboard, but he pulls himself and flips over the rope into a clothesline. Yeah, and then later yeah. on, he's channeling his inner Buff Bagwell well, with the, the he, second rope blockbuster. That first move, he's actually he actually does the buckshot lariat better than yes. CM Punk does. No, not as no Adam Page is finished. That's it, Hangman That's Adam Page. Page. Yeah. I, I know. Just gonna... No, no, no. Here's my joke. Go back and watch when Punk and Page fought. <laughs> Punk tried doing the buckshot lariat twice. And it was like a drunk falling out of a car. He couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't do the move. So I was saying Logan Paul and Adam Page, uh, that there might be some money there down the road. They're, they're just by – excuse me. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> but, but, no, Logan Paul is, is pulling out some, some awesome moves. I mean, like I said, channeling his inner buff Bagwell. He hits that blockbuster off the second rope that looked fantastic. Uh, Cole goes absolutely apeshit when Logan Paul hits his own Superman punch. That was a yeah. fun moment for me. Cole about came out of his shoes on that one. <laughs> the, the highlight for me, though, has to be Logan Paul goes over to his entourage. He grabs the the camera phone as michael cole calls it the camera phone <laughs> <laughs> the camera phone roman is prone on the arabic announce table and there you can see the video that that logan posted on youtube i've watched it he looks into the camera on the top rope he says roman you're about to go viral and with the camera Front facing or with the phone, front facing camera locked solidly on Logan Paul does a frog splash from the top rope onto the announce table, crashing through Roman Reigns. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I went and looked it up too. I mean, dude, how brilliant. How brilliant to work that spot in. How great of Roman to swallow the ego, lay there prone, take a hell of a bump. But you're getting in that guy. That guy is getting in his story, you know, why he's here. He's a social media icon. And they'll be playing that thing on Raw Monday night. I mean, it'll be playing for years. I mean, it's a pretty iconic thing. And, man, this you sit down to be entertained. And I was. I was entertained. This match did it for me. I, I can't wait to go back and watch the match again because there's, there's so many things that happen in it. And you just got to give so much credit to both Roman Reigns and Logan Paul, especially Logan Paul blowing his knee out halfway through the match and Roman Reigns in there with Logan Paul and, and making it, making it, making us believe that Logan Paul was going to be the champion. That It was tremendous. Yeah, there were, there were legit moments where it looked like Logan Paul was going to walk out of there with the titles. It, it was well done. Go back and watch this match. It was my favorite match of the entire show. I can't speak for you, Nick. Yeah, it's my favorite too with the tag team title match right behind it. Yeah, the, the very close second with that tag title match. Overall, this show, uh, it had some some moments, like I said, that were just kind of, oh, that happened. But then it, it breaks away with things like the tag title match between the Usos and the Brutes, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. <clears throat> Those make this show so good, so worth watching. You know, if if we could take those other matches that really the, the Braun Strowman match, the uh, the Judgment Day, if we could take those out of there, put them on Raw, I'd be happy with that. This would be an A-plus show if those matches weren't there. But even with those matches, this show ranks a B-plus for me. Yeah. I gave it a solid. I gave it a solid B. Um, I enjoyed it. There wasn't anything I hated on it. Um, I thought it flowed a little well. The the Wyatt part, uh, I think, was kind of needed there to break up uh, the men's and women's title fight. So I had no problem with that kind of going long. But um, yeah, you're right. Like those 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 middle matches, something they could have done on Raw, and it wouldn't have bothered me either way. Um, love the main event with Reigns and Paul. I love the tag match. I think it's the best tag title match in WWE that I've seen since Money in the Bank with uh, the Usos and the Three Profits. And then, I mean, you had you had a solid, you know, opener with Lesnar Lashley. I, lo- I like the show, despite the fact, you know, in Saudi Arabia, blah, blah, blah. Despite it, I hope everybody gets home safe. And then uh, we're on to Raw and we're on, on to the build to uh, Survivor Series War Game. Yeah, and I'm excited for that. Yes, as I've mentioned before, I'm a self-admitted war games mark so i'm i'm very ecstatic to see what survivor series is going to look like who's going to be in the cage match and the build over the next couple of weeks what that's going to look like i am as well i am as well but we need to tell the viewers before we look ahead the viewers like we've got it like we've got it <laughs> the listeners the errors uh corrections and retractions uh, before we look forward, we need to look back. And on our next uh, installment of the Card Subject Exchange podcast, CZ and myself will be reviewing drumroll Survivor Series 1990. If you want right. to refresh yourself a few episodes back, 
Uh, go back in the archives wherever you can find the podcast. We talked about Saturday night's main event. Uh, that Saturday night's main event was the bridge between SummerSlam and this Survivor Series for 1990. So we're going to pick some storylines back up with Survivor Series 1990, uh, the Thanksgiving tradition. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, after that, we've got just a jam-packed November. It's going to be full of action here. So we've got that Survivor Series 90, full gear. Uh, AEW's full gear is the weekend after that. And then we've got Survivor Series of this year with, uh, excuse me, with the cage match, with the War Games cage coming up after that. And don't forget, we've still got another month yet. We still got December, and we've got December booked, and we'll get to, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, yeah, we uh, crown jewel here. We're gonna look back though before we hit uh, that row of uh, back-to-back live events from AEW and WWE. If you want to follow along with us, it's Survivor Series 1990, and you can find uh, it on the network on find Peacock. It on net- find it on the Peacock. <laughs> but if you want to watch along and uh, review it with us, and go right ahead. But that's where we'll be next week. Yeah. And, Nick, that's going to put a bow on this episode. Uh, I've had a lot of fun talking about Crown Jewel. I think it was overall a great show. Uh, no no complaints at all. Just a couple of matches that I would have moved away to make it just that much better. But, uh, Nick, where are you? tell us where we can find you on social media. And you can find me, Nick Bull, on Facebook. Uh, or the Card Subject to Change podcast page. You can also find me at NickBull55 on Twitter. And I am also at at the Wizard CZ on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Let's just look for Chris Zach or the Wizard CZ. That's my nickname on there. The podcast, like Nick said, is on Facebook at Card Subject to Change Podcast. Find us on Twitter at CSTC Podcast. And now we're on Instagram. We don't have a lot going on there yet, but we will be. Uh, same thing at uh, CSTC Podcast on Instagram. We look forward to chatting with y'all next week. Uh, so that's going to wrap things up today. And we'll see you for Survivor Series 1990 uh, next, next week. You guys have a good rest of your day. Take care, y'all.